This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Four seasons, over 30 incredible guests, hundreds of podcast recommendations. I'm your host, Laura Whitmore, and in this special series of Castaway, we'll bring you the best bits from our back catalogue, sharing those golden Castaway moments and throwing in those bingeable podcast picks we're all hungry for along the way. Welcome to Castaway, the best bits. So over the last four series, a consistent theme that's come up again and again is that of feminism. I've also been lucky enough to interview some powerful female voices about this subject, and I really wanted to dedicate an episode to them and celebrate some of the incredible shows and, of course, women that are at the forefront of this conversation in the podcast universe. First up today, we're throwing back to my conversation with the iconic model and activist Monroe Bergdorf. You've given me a list of recommendations of some some amazing podcasts to be listening to yeah. this time. Um, great stories and quite quite a mixture as well. I always feel you can get an insight into a, a person by what they listen to. I want to go to the first one, I think, which is the, the Girls Talk podcast, uh, which I've actually listened to before, Adwoa Aboa, who is incredible. I actually was with her at Wee Day a few months ago. Uh, I think that was one of the last things I was out at that I actually saw people in real life. And she features different guests every week. They talk, they share, they listen, they take control of their lives, which is what I feel I'm trying to do at the moment as much as I can. And I know that you've been a guest on her show. And I mean, she's an incredible woman. She's absolutely phenomenal. And one of the first people to really publicly support me at the beginning of my career when things were a little bit more turbulent, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really admire what she's done with her platform, how she's working to eliminate the shame attached to sex or addiction or um, mental health. And she really inspired me to use my platform in a way that uh, lifts up other people rather than just speaks about what affects me directly. So mm-hmm. she's a really big champion for trans people. She's a huge champion for people who are facing say, poverty or issues that mainly affect the working class. So yeah, I'm really, really thankful to have gone on her podcast and spoken about my journey and how I've gotten to where I am now. As well as yourself, she's had an incredible list there. If you look through all the people she's had on her shows, um, Nate Burke, uh, Serena Williams, Amy Lewood and Emma Mackey, actually from Sex Education is a great episode. Either people are in relationships all the time and are mm. like um, serial, what were they called? Serial monogamous and go from, from one relationship to the other. Or they have like a phase of not wanting it at all then having loads and then it balances it out, I suppose. And then they find someone and it's like, fine. But yeah, I feel like we all do that. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people have to go through that, I think. Yeah. That whole, like, building up the walls and the defence mechanisms and, like, I'm playing this version of myself now mm-hmm. um, because I know you like it, but I don't like it. But I'm yeah. going to do it anyway because, you know, this is what's expected of me. So there's that whole... It is, there's a lot of expectation, I feel, when it comes to sex. So, like, a lot of it rests on how the woman kind of... I don't know. I don't know. I feel yeah. like there's just, like, a, yeah, there's an expectation that you have to 
be good at something yeah, and yeah. uphold that with whoever you are, you're with and you're just known as that person's like good at that. So it's really, it's really bizarre. But we're just always like always trying to fit into categories, aren't we? And like ultimately that's just what happens. And then you just have to spend months and months and years to break that down. And well, you just, then get good yeah. at it. Exactly. It's like, maybe it's yeah. like it's our, you get good at putting those facades on and, those, yeah. and playing those characters and giving, you know, so-and-so that part of you. Mm. And then you're like, oh, he that's so-and-so won't like that bit so I'll just give them that other bit you mm. get so good at pe- picking so up true. people's like mannerisms and their characters and then playing a role to suit them mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. and until you get to a part you know until you get to a place where you can just be yourself mm. which is you know an ongoing journey I suppose yeah, yeah. Then another podcast that I'm a big fan of, um, I love I love Scarlett Curtis and uh, she brought out a, a book called Feminists Don't Wear Pink and she got a second book out now as well and she had a podcast to go along with it. And I really find these conversations with women very helpful for me because I remember years ago, back I think MTV days, I did a photo shoot for FHM, my choice, I loved it, it was great crack, I got to choose everything styling wise, I was on the cover of the magazine. I was asked since before they finished the, the publication about doing it again, I said no, I've done it once, I was happy with it and I remember once talking uh, out about uh, women and how they're treated in the media and someone said to me oh you have no right because you did FHM so because I did a shoot that I chose to do I didn't have a right to speak up for women and I remember at the time feeling a bit oh do I not I I didn't realize this and and actually for a second it did knock me because it did make me think have I just blown it because I did this one photo shoot? That was my choice. I wasn't forced into doing. Well, how does that mean that I don't have control as a woman and I have no right to speak up for other women? And then I realized, oh, no, they're wrong. Yes, I do. A feminist doesn't have to fit into a certain box. And this is why I love this podcast. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got exactly the same after I did Playboy. And it wasn't even what would be considered a controversial shoot. It was very tastefully done. Mm -hmm. And if the people that were attacking me had done their research, they would have seen that Playboy had gone through a rebrand and was Mm -hmm. very politically, socially um, aware. Um, As many publications go through changes, um, Playboy had gone through its own. And it was such a shame because that actually led to me no longer working with the charity because of the pushback. So I think that it's only really recently that the word feminist hasn't really been seen like a dirty word by a lot of people and that, you know, it really is just the equality of the genders or sexes. It's it's a really simple concept that all people deserve equal rights and equal pay and equality across the board. So, yeah, I'm such a big fan of Scarlett. I think that what she's doing to bring feminism to a younger generation is so important. How has your relationship been with the word feminism? I've always had a really good relationship with feminism. I think I've always understood it, Um, especially from a trans perspective. I've always seen the benefit of having access to a movement that's about equality and the progression of your gender. I haven't always felt welcome within feminist spaces. As a trans woman, I think that there's quite a big pushback at the moment, especially in the UK with regards to trans-exclusional radical feminism, which is a group of women largely that believe that trans women are just men and that we have no reason to have access to feminism, which isn't really helpful because I think that all people should have access to feminism. All people should be practicing feminism regardless of your gender identity. 
We couldn't have an episode on feminism without playing homage to the guilty feminist, aka Deborah Francis White, who changed the game with her I'm a feminist but examples through her hugely successful podcast. You're who other people look to to say that is how you do a podcast. That's very kind of you. I mean, the success of The Guilty Feminist comes down to a lot of people, by no means just me. I co-host it with a different comedian every show, but I have a pool of comedians I love to work with who, you know, we just have good chemistry, good connection. Uh, We share our value sets in terms of feminism. And I'm just very blessed to work with so many incredibly funny women. And then our guests that we can attract, the activists, the artists, the comedians, the, the writers, people with something to say, is just phenomenal. And it's become much more of an activist social space where people come on because they want to change the world than it was when we started it. It was more like, oh, let's talk to comedians about how they're feeling about their feminism in their place, in their world. And now it's much more about the wider world and it's much more intersectional than it was. And it's been such a glorious thing. And I think I think it's it's gone the distance because we keep on reinventing it. The same way that Madonna has had a long shelf life mm-hmm. because every time you turn around, she looks different. We've listened to the criticism, we've built, we've changed, we've grown. Therefore, it's kept it fresh and interesting for me. I'm a feminist. But recently, I confessed to Susan McComer, my co-pilot for today, that when a mutual friend who is an attractive female performer was posting all of the terrible unsolicited sexting she gets in her Instagram DMs, really terrible stuff. She gets really, I mean, really graphic stuff. And she publishes it to educate everyone about how it is to be a female, you know, a celebrity, uh, a woman in the public eye, a comedian, Mm. a performer. And when I saw this, I confessed to Susan that my first thought was, that is so awful for her. Why do men do it? And my second was, why do men not ever message me inappropriate things? Is it something I'm not putting out there? (laughs) Because I literally, like three times a year, I'll get something like this. And this is a paraphrase of a real message I got last week. With great respect and feminism and consent, I have to tell you, I think you're hot. With great respect and feminism consent. I mean, that is so nice. I mean, it's not arousing, but it is no. lo- It's so lovely. And what a great, what a nice way to do it. When you started out this podcast, I know it was like the brainchild between you and Sophie Hagen. Why did you start it? Why did you start that first podcast? Honestly, in 2012 and 2013, feminism was really making noise again. Movements get stuck sometimes. I remember hearing Gloria Steinem speak and she said a movement has to be moving somewhere. And there were rumblings to start the engine again in earnest around 2012, 2013. Chimamanda's amazing TED Talk, We Should All Be Feminists. Mm-hmm. What Malala did, absolutely standing mm-hmm. up for girls and women and their right to be educated, almost paid the ultimate price. And then in more popular mainstream, Catamaran started a conversation about feminism. Bridget Christie's incredible show, A Big For Her... And I knew that I wanted to be involved in this so much, but I I was genuinely feeling like they all seem to know what they're doing. And the women in my life who were talking about feminism were talking about it very stridently. And I felt like I'm a feminist, but I'm not sure I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. And I remember Bridget Christie saying to me, you'll never find your audience until you say the thing you're frightened of saying that no one else is saying. And I thought, well, that's all right for you, Bridget. What you want to say is so certain and so powerful. What I want to say is I'm a feminist, but. Mm -hmm. 
But then I thought, do you know what? I've got nothing to lose by saying this. You know, and if 100 or 200 people or 2,000 people listen to this podcast every week, that is an enormous win. That's a huge audience. And when you say I'm a feminist but and you start to admit things. So, you know, one of the things I admitted was I'm a feminist but one time I got in a light aircraft from Cape Cod to Boston and the pilot asked me my weight in front of everybody and I lied by 20 pounds, endangering the lives of the other passengers, the pilot and a border collie that was along for the ride. And this is true. When we were across the water, you know, when light aircrafts get really shaky, yeah, it got shaky. And I said to my best gay friend, David, I went, David, I've lied about my weight. There might not be enough fuel in the plane. And he said, oh, don't worry, darling. They always put on 10 pounds for women and gay men. I said, well, I've lied by 20s, but I hope no one else is like, but you know, that's ridiculous. They can see what I look like. What does it matter? What does it matter what yeah. I weigh? That's a ridiculous but it's response. Ingrained, to- it's ingrained in us as women to like lie about our age, to lie about our weight, because we're told that's what we should do. And, and we see other people do it. And what made you so popular, what made the, the podcast so popular was that you've made feminism accessible to so many people. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Next up is Jordan North, podcast host and Radio 1 DJ, who shot to fame through his stint on I'm a Celebrity. When it comes to his passions for podcasts, Jordan loves a great conversation, whether that be witty and funny or a gritty debate. Check it out. You're obviously a podcast lover besides doing yeah. your own podcast. You, you know, you read a lot, you listen to a lot, you love stories and you give me a great list and I've picked out a few here which I'd love to talk to you about. Some we've never talked about. This is our fourth series. Some we've never talked about before. So thank you. And we're going to go straight in. We're going to talk about football, but some things you don't think necessarily go together, football, feminism and everything in between. I love this podcast. It's uh, presented by Alistair Campbell and his daughter, Grace. Mm-hmm. And she's very funny. She's a comedian. She's got a book out recently. And you see a side to Alistair Campbell that not many people would see. I think people see him as a bit of a ranter, a bit of a government basher. And mm-hmm. he, But on this podcast, you, you see a different side of him. And he's actually a very intelligent bloke and he loves his football. He's a Burnley fan as well. 
but his daughter is a, is a feminist and they talk about that and then they get guests mm-hmm. and they ask them about feminism and how they interpret feminism and it's a really good listen and they had Sean Dyche on the Burnley manager the first ever one they did and they also had Joey Barton on and listen you've got to listen to this episode with Joey Barton because Grace gives him a run for his money he's got his points and you could argue his points are valid but Grace like really holds her own against him and this is a guy again Joey Barton's like really well read and quite Mm -hmm. intelligent from birth, women and men are treated differently. You know, even you said earlier, your, your daughter's, she's a girl, she doesn't like football as much. You know, we are sort of assigned roles from very early on in our lives. Yeah. So that, that just is a fact, you know, like women's football isn't taken as seriously as men's football. It's just yeah. a fact, you know. So that's kind of a, an imbalance of, of... But again, I disagree with you. I don't think women's football is not taken as seriously by men as women's football is taken by women. Yeah, for sure. But women's football is taken very, very seriously by, by women. young girls. Yeah, yeah. 100%, I mean, which is Clark, amazing. Peter Clark, who plays for others, daughter's a really good football, and you can see her passion for it. She's enthusiastic about football. But then I guess I it comes back kid. to the fact that football... But she's more enthusiastic about women's football. Probably for sure, and so am I. I'm yeah. really enthusiastic about women's football, way more than men's, but I guess that comes back to the fact sport, that... it's a different sport, though, really, in essence, isn't it? Women's football and men's football. There should be... Women's, <clears> women's football should be adjusted for women you know physiologically biologically physiologically we have to accept that men and women are fundamentally different yeah i don't think anyone's saying that they're exactly the same sport i don't think the game needs to be massively adjusted for women but i do think the goal sizes and the weight of ball yeah i think we've spoken to a lot of women in football and they just disagree with that like i don't think you'll hear as many women saying that I think that's that's the, an opinion of a lot of men in football. Not many women in football. No, are I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk about it. If, if we're going to wait, make w- women's football better, better as a spectator sport to stand on its own in the marketplace against men's football. If you keep playing on the same size pitch as men, with the same size football as men, by men's rules, you're always going to have an inferior product because men are bigger, stronger, faster than women. That's just biology. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about that. If you tailor it, so you bring it, so everything's in proportion, I think women's football could legitimately make a lot of strides tactically, technically, way beyond its its current limitations because of the physiological output. But then I don't know, because you, I would still argue that like the Women's World Cup made those strides. It's just really interesting, and I love at the end, they ask you, you've got to pick, uh, you know the uh, typical question of who would you have at the dinner table? Yeah, yeah, your favourite dinner guest. Your fa- yeah, so they give you six, not five, six, and three have got to be men and three have got to be women, and I just think that's a nice concept to it. Yeah. And the, the father and daughter, and they've got this really nice relationship. It's just a really good listen. There's a few standout episodes. They did one with Kay Burley as well. When style and fashion icon and successful entrepreneur Irene Ogbontian came on Castaway, equality and prioritising the voices of the voiceless was at the heart of our conversation. What a woman. The podcasting world is this community of, of all these creatives, all these stories, so much information. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the community that you've created, because with TTYA Talks, how did it start out? Well, TTYA stands for taller than your average because when you meet me in real life, in IRL, you're going to see that I am very much taller than your average human being. It's just more of an inclusive space because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like the current fashion narrative spoke to me. So I just made a brand that kind of, you know, had all your wardrobe essentials and fitted into my lifestyle. 
And then with TTYA Talks, that kind of came about because when I started the business, I noticed that there was incredible amount of like lack of diversity and inclusivity within the fashion industry. So I wanted to create a space where we could talk open and freely about the business behind working in creative. And just like some of your basic questions, like, babe, like how much should my invoice be? Or how much should I be charging for this? Oh, or, yes. you know, just like the things that you're kind of afraid to ask in the corporate world. But actually, as females, we know statistically we get paid way less than our male counterparts anyway. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just more of an encouraging space to kind of feel like, let's ask the questions that people really want to know. So let's get some amazing female bosses that are kind of pioneering in the industry and have this Q&A round table talk of just like, I see that you've done that. I can see you've done it that way. Maybe I can do it this way. So a lot of the questions that we were kind of asking is just like, it's entrepreneurship for everybody because everyone thinks it's so easy to kind of just leave your job and start a brand. But actually it's like a lot of the time you'll see that people work part-time as well to subsidize their income. So just really getting down to the nitty gritty. And we had some amazing creatives that came and we had everyone from Vanessa Kingori MBE, who's the first kind of female yeah, publisher. And we've had everyone from like accessories editor, Donna Wallace, who's also now at Vogue or the global marketing manager at Google, who was Nishma Rob. So just really highlighting, you know, women of colour who are kind of pioneering in the industry, but a safe space where we can really ask the questions that we wanted to know. What you do as well, which I love and I really connect with as well, is just challenging ideas that people have. You mentioned talking about money as well. There's always this idea of if you talk about money, it's not very ladylike. And we need to knock that. Like talking about money isn't dirty. It's important because I can tell you one thing. Men have been talking about money for a long time. And it's just challenging those false ideals that we're kind of grown up with. And one thing that's really connected is from the women that I've heard on, on your podcast and on so many is that a lot of women deal with the same things, but privately. Mm-hmm. And it's when you share those stories, when you go, hold on a second, we need to change this landscape. Yeah, agreed. And that's the thing. It's just like you suffer in silence. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't know, you can't be what you can't see, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just also important to just feel like we can empower women to have the confidence to ask the questions that they want to know. Men have no problem walking into a room and bossing it and they might not have no idea what the hell they're talking about or what they're doing but it's the mm-hmm. confidence and I feel like sometimes as women maybe we lack the confidence because we're not really sure what we should be asking for but are not always confident in demanding what we should be asking for so I think some of that conversation comes with being able to have kind of like a link up a community of women who can kind of be like actually I did it this way or I can share my story on how I've got to here to also encourage you of like this was my journey and hopefully it might inspire you to want to take that road also mm-hmm. a lot of the the people that you talk to are very successful people but you don't just talk about success it's very important to talk about the hardships the tough times mm-hmm. agreed and, and and a lot of it is, is kind of storytelling of just like talking through people's trials and tribulations and their journeys and I think that's important because especially in this day and age where we kind of live and die by the sword of social media. (laughs) Mm. What we always see is the highlights. So the end product results, not necessarily the journey that it's taken to get there. So I think it's important to have those conversational spaces where, you know, people can kind of really talk about their journey and talk about the pros and the cons. I know you have a lot of friends on your podcast. Just wondering though, who's the dream person to have on? Michelle Obama. I think she'd be (gasps) great. And she's tall. Do you know what? That's who I said. And she's tall. Yeah. Yeah, and she's tall. So we can talk about hashtag talk tall girl close. problems. Hashtag tall, tall girl problems. We can actually catch a <laughs> vibe. But I went to her becoming live show at, at the O2 when she came to London. Mm-hmm. 
And I shed a little tear, as with most women in that room. But it was just amazing to be in a space in a 20,000 capacity venue, which was probably filled with, I would say, 90% women. And just that mm-hmm. energy and that presence that she brings to stage. But I also feel like there's so much I would want to ask her. Like, you know, like... What you want to ask her? They always say, like, behind every, you know... Strong man, man or successful man yeah. is a strong woman. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's probably so much insight that she could just give us in what that must have been like, you know. And mm-hmm. even when I watched her documentary on Netflix and, you know, her, she didn't go into it too much, but just a bit about how much she was ridiculed and how the opposing party were kind of using her and talking about her height and calling her a man. And, you know, just like throwing every type of insecurity that you could have back at you and you've got to still be she did have that famous speech of when she said when they go low you go high you know but just understanding that sis that must not have been easy for you to go high because I'm sure there's a couple of times when you could have gone low and you could have gone lower Mm -hmm. you know but just you know speaking to her as a woman but also understanding the transition of from being in the spotlight now to being behind the scenes and what that has meant for their family and how they've adapted and just how she's building her business and what her legacy. I've got so many questions I'd love to ask her but that would be like oh my god I'm listening to that episode (laughs) I am listening to that episode (laughs) And finally, for this week, we have the effervescent comedian Catherine Ryan, who I am such a fan of. There was one particular moment in our episode where Catherine and I just found ourselves discussing something so many women still feel the stigma of and what it was like when it comes to baby loss. And I was just so moved by Catherine's honesty in this discussion. And it's it's just such a difficult discussion, but so important that we have a platform where we can discuss these issues. And, And here's what our conversation sounded like. Do you know, I did a podcast last week with Jordan Stevens and he asked me a question, which no one else had asked me before, about the podcasts that I've listened to that have really affected me um, and really made me think and really important to me. And one is actually one of your own podcasts. And you did a podcast, you know what I'm talking about? It was one of the, I think it was, it was the, one of the first ones you did with this new one called Pregnancy Loss. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, what's what's this going to be this bit of stand-up that I'm going to listen to and uh, it wasn't and it was a very raw honest piece that you talked and I know it helped me with my own personal journey and sharing those stories and I think that's what the podcast community is it's it's sharing those stories that we all connect with because we're all people we all go through the same shit it is there's this intimacy when someone's right in your ear that and your story helped me a lot by the way I know that you wrote about pregnancy loss and it helps so much. I know it can be a very lonely experience and it's shrouded in all this embarrassment. I felt embarrassed and mm. shameful. Not that I had the loss, but I felt embarrassed for getting excited before the loss. I felt all these things and I, I looked for stories and I really couldn't find many of them. I think it needs to be on the curriculum. I think girls need to know that you can have this like secret silent miscarriage. And I mean, cause I'm 36. I thought I was very well-versed on women's issues. Mm-hmm. I genuinely didn't know that a miscarriage could happen in this way. So I think the more women who tell their stories, uh, you know, about this, but about so many issues and the intimacy of doing that through a podcast, um, it was important for me to share that. I think even if it helps just one person, because you did really help me a lot. Thanks so much for tuning into this special episode of Castaway. Remember to tune in next Thursday for another edition covering a whole new selection of juicy podcasts. As always, we'd love you to rate, review, follow and subscribe. And I'll see you next time.
This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.